This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen along with you. Oh, the great outdoors. Adventures in nature can be healing and a wonderful way to maintain or increase one's health and fitness. But for some individuals with disabilities, gaining access to our beautiful surroundings can be quite challenging. Joining us with more on a new effort to make the great outdoors available to everyone is Dr. Ninka Dosa. She's an Upstate Foundation Professor of Child Health Policy and a Senior Fellow at the Burton Blatt Institute of Syracuse University, as well as the Center for Development, Behavior and Genetics and the Department of Pediatrics at Upstate Medical University. And joining her is Sam Guillaume. She's a junior and a student at uh, SUNY College of Environmental Science and Forestry. Welcome to you both. Thanks so much for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, Dr. Dosa, let me start with you. Getting out of nature apparently can be a challenge for some people with disabilities. Tell us about that. The challenge can be uh, physical access, um, um, having access, for example, to a fishing launch site that is wheelchair accessible. Uh, that can be, that's an example of um, physical access being a challenge. There can also be problems with programmatic access. Um, an example of that would be um, personnel at a uh, campsite, for example, not being uh, maybe aware of the need for um, Assistance, assistance like for example, with, uh, a young adult with autism needing to have uh, assistance of an aide. Um, and, but I would say that the most important uh, challenge for us to be aware of is information. People just don't know often that there are wonderful resources in our area that, that are accessible to all of us. So the idea is that if, if someone has a physical disability or a, a psychological, emotional disability, that perhaps they might not feel perhaps safe or welcomed or that the, the environment, these kind of outside parks and recreational areas really are set up to accept or encourage their participation. Yes, um, and I think the term that might apply most um, uh, a good term to think of is inclusive. Um, and a friend of mine uh, once talked about nature being uh, the ultimate inclusion, and I think that's a wonderful way to think about access. So again, why is it important? I mean, what about being out in nature is so important for all, all of us, well, for, and then specifically in, in this case sure. for people who are disabled? For all of us, um, there are benefits to being outdoors in terms of cardiovascular health, uh, reduce stress, uh, improved mood, uh, uh, maintaining weight, bone health, um, and it also boosts creative thinking to be in the outdoors. So there's a lot of good reasons to get out there. <laughs> and obviously you've, you've all been involved in trying to make this happen. Tell us, you're in an organization, Dr. Dosa, that's really trying to make a change in terms of really opening up the out of doors. Tell us about the Fitness Inclusion Network. What is it and what, it's, what is its sure. mission? Yep. The Fitness Inclusion Network was launched in 2013 with funding from the Upstate Foundation. And we are an interdisciplinary group of athletes, both with and without disabilities, uh, families, community leaders, and professionals from SUNY Upstate Medical College and Physical Therapy School, uh, as well as SUNY Cortland's Department of Adapted Physical Education and uh, various programs at Syracuse University, um, including the Burton Blatt Institute and the Lerner Center for Public Health Promotion at the Maxwell School. So we're 
a network. We're not an institute. We're not a center. We're just a group of people who all share an interest in promoting innovation in the area of inclusive fitness um, for children, adolescents, and adults with disabilities. And as a result of this, Sam, you got involved. You're a SUNY ESF student, but you got involved in a project, a project called Walks and Talks. And that's kind of an outgrowth, am I correct, an outgrowth of this whole network. Tell us about that whole thing. Yeah, so um, this year in class, in one of my classes, we actually um, got involved through Nika and other people who are upstate to do the project called Walks and Talks. So we were paired up with somebody, whether they had a physical or mental disability, or both possibly, but um, me specifically, I worked with a kid who had CP. So he... Cerebral palsy. Yes. So he was fine completely. Um, he had friends who were just norm in the general public, like just worked with everybody else, but he wanted to be involved in sports specifically. So it kind of aimed towards how he could be incorporated into nature, um, be able to get out there when he was in a wheelchair. So he had almost zero mobility for himself, but um, with his wheelchair, he actually was able to try and get involved in normal projects and sporting events and he was actually a manager for multiple sports teams at his local high school wow. and he um actually through our walks and talks program he blogged about it so he would blog about his experiences um walking in nature so the walks and talks focused on walking specifically through these people's normal lives um how they would incorporate nature and then being able to discuss with them while doing it, he doesn't have the best speech skills just because of the way his body functions. So um, we communicated a little differently, but basically we just followed him through his everyday life, how he would be a manager, how he would navigate onto sporting fields, off fields, on the buses, um, when he wanted to go out and be active with his two brothers, how he could do that. And it was really eye-opening experience to see how the general public doesn't necessarily pay attention to these people the way that they should because they might take advantage of the things that they would just normally have and be able to navigate, when, as for him, it would be a huge, huge barrier to be able to incorporate into the normal what the normal kids were doing, or even just to get on the field. It was a major issue. So we kind of, through these walk-and-talk programs, could look at these and try and find ways to improve upon normal things that people wouldn't necessarily think about because it doesn't apply to them. Right. So it really was eye-opening for you, but also you saw how it was really that what the challenges were for mm -hmm. the individual and how did you help him overcome them by were there changes being made in his life in terms of access? What what kinds of things changed? Yeah, the end goal was obviously to see what we could do to help, but for him he was kind of just used to trying to work around what we would just normally be able to I guess just bypass. And for him, when I would see him struggle, to him he wouldn't even consider it a struggle because that's just how he lives his everyday life. So something as simple as getting to the sporting event, he couldn't ride the bus with his other teammates. He couldn't hang out with his friends on the bus. And you know, there's, there's something about the bonding, social part of that that he was kind of outcast from his parents had to take him because there wasn't accessibility. And then if he was trying to go onto a sporting field, a lot of the time they have turnstile gates that obviously wasn't going to be able to work for him. So he might have to navigate all the way to the other end of the field, just small things like that. And that's obviously sports related, but we also did go on a walk um, in a nearby park. And small things like stones getting stuck if they weren't paved properly or a little um, just indents in the sidewalk. 
If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen along with Dr. Ninkadosa and student Sam Guillaume, and we're talking about making the great outdoors accessible to individuals with disabilities. So Dr. Dosa, this project, Walks and Talks, uh, Sam's specific experience was of one kind, but what exactly was is kind of the, the overall goal, and is there an attempt not only to obviously highlight the challenges, but to make changes as a result of it. Yes. Tell us about that. So Sam uh, was a student in Dr. Matt Potiger's um, landscape architecture class at the School of Forestry, the SUNY ESF um, College of Forestry. And uh, the name of this class is telling, it's called Place, Culture, and Design. And it was focused on the cultural values and practices that shape place. Um, the, you had about 20 students in this class, yes. so they all did walks and talks. They were paired with individuals either that I know through my clinical practice or that we know socially in the community who are advocates for um, inclusion. And What kinds um, of disabilities were there included in terms of these types of individuals? Sure. So we had, um, across the lifespan, we had um, people with... Um, autism, intellectual disability, physical disability, such as cerebral palsy and spina bifida, so vision impairment and blindness. So there was a whole spectrum of um, uh, experiences for uh, the students to better understand. Um, and the walks and talks activity is actually, for, the, for this class, is part of um, a six-month-long conference, um, quote-unquote conference. It's our annual fitting conference this year. Um, so the Fitness Inclusion Network has a variety of activities, uh, the main one being an annual conference to infuse innovation in the area of inclusive fitness and adapted sport. And the conference this year, so each year we try to do the conference around a different theme and also have a different format just to maintain the, the innovation and the theme this year is outdoor recreation, and the format is a series of walks and talks of which the landscape design students participated in one component. Um, and we've been videotaping that with those walks and talks with GoPro cameras, and we've also done some drone videography of walks in our, in our uh, city parks. Um, and the goal is to highlight all the amazing natural spaces that we have just, not just regionally, but right here in our, in our city. So it's to also highlight all of the beauty that we have around, but it sounds like there's a bit more of a mission underlying yeah, so the, it. The specific mission for the ESF partnership is to inform efforts that will uh, get implemented this spring to create an accessible and inclusive Monday Mile Loop uh, near Kirk Park. So, th and so, so you basically... What I'm hearing, and tell me if I'm correct, both you, Sam, and, and, and Dr. Dosa, is that the effort here is to kind of highlight and, and have other and have average students have the opportunity to participate with individuals with disabilities who, who might then, these students such as the SUNY ESF students, might then be more creative, innovative in terms right. of their own lives in changing accessibility. Because right. what I'm hearing is this the opportunity to truly open up and make accessible 
to people of all walks. Right, and, and, and these are bi-directional conversations. Mm -hmm. The students talked about where they like to walk, and then the people they were partnered with also shared where they like to walk and why. But if they were to find challenges, and, and you, uh, Sam, highlighted the idea of stones, for example, something as is, something is innocuous that we wouldn't think about as being a problem, being a major challenge to somebody perhaps who is wheelchair-bound, I mean, what then would the goal be? I mean, is there some thinking then that another project might be directed toward paving a particular area? Yes. So the city will be creating a paved loop near Kirk Park this spring. Um, there's also, in that area, Onondaga Creek, which is a beautiful natural area, currently not very available for uh, enjoyment. It's, it's almost... Um, there are fences around it, and it's almost uh, not highlighted. Um, so um, it's a wonderful resource in that area of town that um, landscape uh, design students have uh, some ideas uh, for improving. For example, an accessible fishing launch site, um, bird houses to, um, to highlight nature more, um, and the sensory experience one can have in that area. Also, do you want to describe? Uh, yeah, um, well, another thing that we looked at was an overlook, and so an overview. Someone couldn't necessarily go, and it was an educational experience, so there was, like, signs and pictures and information on the creek walk, and just people couldn't necessarily access that, and especially if they're younger kids, that's something they would really enjoy doing. So just trying to design spaces that didn't need stairs or ramps, you know, bringing them to the right level for everybody, no matter what. So people who are in the general public who didn't necessarily think, and then people who are disabled could all view, you know. So the, the idea was to open up and make more accessible our current beautiful spaces yes. that we have. And inclusion, also yeah. Basically inclusion, that's wonderful. So um, right now in central New York, are there resources for individuals with disabilities in terms of finding out what currently is available and then what might be available? So uh, Arise, which is our local independent living center, is a wonderful resource. They, are, they really, for decades, have offered inclusive recreation year-round with Arise and Ski and Arise on the Farm. So that's one resource. Our website, the Fitness Inclusion Network website, also has a resource, and we published uh, a booklet that we can link to your site called about geocaching, which highlights accessible nature areas through the Department of Environmental Conservation and State Park System and the Inclusive Recreation Resource Center, which is maintained by SUNY Cortland. Well, we'll have links on our website to some of your uh, resources. And what I, I want to applaud both of you. It's, it sounds like a very, very noble effort and something that's really important. We have in, in central New York an incredible resource in terms of our natural beauty all through our region, yes. and it should be available to all. And I, I really applaud you for this effort of making it you know, accessible to all. So thank you so much for coming in and sharing it. My guests have been Dr. Ninka Dosa. She's Upstate Foundation Professor of Child Health Policy and a senior fellow at the Burton Blatt Institute of Syracuse University, as well as the Center for Development, Behavior and Genetics, and the Department of Pediatrics at Upstate Medical University, and Sam Guillaume, a junior student at SUNY College of Environmental Science and Forestry. Thanks so much again. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Linda Cohen. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air.